supposed to, to move back into looking at the book of Acts. Remember when we looked at the book of Acts? You remember when was the last sermon we had in the book of Acts? <clears throat> October the 14th. You remember what happened October the 16th? We had the flood. <clears throat> and so we went uh, into flood mode and then the city tore up our road. You remember that? Yeah. Remember when we spent a month in the, worshiping in the fire hall? And by the time we got out of the fire hall, remember what time it was? It was Christmas. And then after Christmas, we ended up uh, back in January looking at the things that God is uh, planning for in our new way forward, whatever that is. And so we are the, here we are the last Sunday in January looking at the book of Acts, for the first time in over three months. So somebody just real quickly remind me what it was that we talked about uh, the last time we were in the book of Acts. Jesus, the power of God. Yeah, that's right. That's, yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, well, so... You, that's the Holy Spirit's going to give you the ability to tell what you've experienced everywhere you go with miraculous results. That's, that's the theme that's come out of the book of Acts. Now, now Ken, God, um, God asked me to remind you of something, which is this. When those ladies asked you to pray for them because they thought you were an angel, um, let's get something clear right now. <clears throat> the, you are now not... A, a supernatural angelic being with wings and stuff like that. But the word in Greek that's translated angel in English simply means a messenger. Somebody who is sent from God with a message. <clears throat> and so from that perspective, God has given you a message, right? And God has sent you to share it with Everybody. And the promise from the book of Acts, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses everywhere you go. That applies to you and 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 it applies to all of you. You all have a story to tell. And the Holy Spirit's going to give you the ability to tell what you've experienced everywhere you go and miraculous things will happen. People's hearts will be changed. People's lives will be changed as they hear the story that God about what God has done in and with and through and for us. All right? <clears throat> so, <clears throat> turn around and look at somebody around you and say, oh, you look just like an angel. <clears throat> We're not going there. <clears throat> okay. So, that's right. so, you are all sent by God. You are all angels sent by God to tell a story. And as you simply tell your story, the Holy Spirit will show up. And he'll, he will anoint. Sometimes he's going to have to anoint the people's hearing because um, 
<clears throat> because sometimes people may need to hear something different than what you say, but God can do that too. Uh, when we walk in obedience to the Holy Spirit and we start telling our story, then the Holy Spirit opens up everybody's understanding um, because now he has their attention and he can just work in people's hearts and stuff happens. Stuff happens. So, okay, so that's the, that's the promise here. I'm just trying to try to get you sick. Well, when we last we left the, the apostles, they were in Antioch, Pisidia, which is right up there kind of above Iconium. And nobody cares, but there's a hunt that was 2,000 years ago. But that's, this is where what we're talking about today in Acts chapter 13. This is where it happened. Okay. And um, Paul and Barnabas have already said some important things there. I mean, they, they started preaching to these people, and they told them a big, long story about how God had been working through history. And then they wrapped it up with this. They said, therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through him forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Jesus died on the cross to forgive your sins even before you knew you needed to be forgiven. Jesus died on the cross and paid for your sins even before you knew that there was anything like that. Jesus died and paid for your sins while you were still sinners. And you are, through him, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. But wait, there's more. He also said this, and this is awesome. And through him, everyone who believes is freed from all things from which you could not be freed through the law of Moses. <clears throat> We're just going to take the law of Moses uh, as a big giant uh, bucket for all the things that we keep doing that we think are going to make God happy with us. And all the things we keep doing to try to make it up to God for all the things that we shouldn't have done. We fall into this trap of thinking, <clears throat> I've messed my life up. I've done so many things that are, have been so wrong and so bad and just so off the charts. Now I'm going to dedicate my life to, to getting it right this time and, and doing better this time and trying harder this time. <clears throat> and I'm going to live by all the rules. I'm going to do everything right, righter and betterer and bester than I've ever done before. And that's going to make it up to God. And then God will be really proud of me and... <clears throat> Peter, I mean, Paul and Barnabas said, "Through if you believe in Jesus, then you are freed from all things. Even this obsession with trying to make it up to God and trying to, trying to make yourself a better person so that God will be happier with you. You are freed from all things from which you could not be freed through the law of Moses. Because by putting your faith in Jesus and receiving what he's already done for you, it's canceled out the need to make anything up to God. Because God looks at you as being t totally set free, healed, delivered, <clears throat> as being uh, he who knew no sin, Jesus, became sin so that you could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So you're set free from stuff that you could never fix on your own. All right, so that he's been preaching this. <clears throat> and <clears throat> then he's, he was... He, he preached this news to these people in Antioch, and they were so excited. They said, please come back and tell us again next week. We want to hear more. Can't, just tell me more and more and more about that. Uh, and they uh, kept um, all these folks. Some were Jews, and some were people who were interested in God, but they weren't Jews. They followed Paul and Barnabas out and, <coughs> and were just begging, say more, we want to hear more, hear more. And... And Paul and Barnabas said, look, the cowboys are about to start. So we can't really finish talking about this now. 
but let me just tell you that uh, continue in the grace of God. If I don't ever tell you anything else, just continue, keep going, keep immersing yourself in the grace of God. Don't fall into this sort of hope that if I just keep trying, it'll make it up from God and God will, just, and God will bless me better if I just try harder. <clears throat> just continue to trust in the grace of God, the promises of God, where he says you are already freed from everything that you could not be freed from by trying to live by the law. You're set free from all of that. Just don't ever get out of the flow of trusting God's grace. Because God's grace, I'll say, here's the way I got, I describe God's grace. God's grace means that God, God's ability to succeed is always greater than our tendency to fail. And we will never be alone. He will always go before us and he will never leave us. Don't ever lose sight of that. All right, so he preached this message. Uh, And then this weird thing happened. The next, the next Sabbath, the whole city came and heard and heard because they wanted to hear him. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and they began contradicting the things that were spoken by Paul, and they were blaspheming and ter- saying terrible things about Jesus. And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and said, "Okay, all right, 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 all right." <clears throat> it was necessary that we come to the Jewish synagogue first and preach the good news of the grace of God. But since you repudiate it and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, fine. Fine, if that's the way you feel. We're just going to turn our full attention now to the Gentiles. And Gentiles are are who? Gentiles are, are people. Anybody who is not a Jew is a Gentile. We, are, we gave the Jews a chance. Now, if you don't want to hear the gospel, if you, look at this. If you judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, what? <coughs> well, but when you stop and, and think of it, the law was what the Jews were relying on to try to somehow earn eternal life. Um, and so the, the Jews were looking at this and saying, wait, this can't be true. This can't be right. People can't just automatically get eternal life. You've got to work for it. You've got to try for it. You've got to aspire to it. You've got to keep on keeping on and keep on doing the do's and keep on not doing the don'ts. And you've got to keep... We're on a journey here. And we can't just stop in the middle and say, whoo, we're done. Uh, so, so they're essentially saying, we are not yet worthy of eternal life because we've still got stuff we need to keep on doing. And Paul said, fine, fine, fine. If you think you're unworthy of eternal life, I told you the best I could. Uh, what were the Jews thinking? They were lifelong law livers. Let's say that. That kind of rolls off the tongue, didn't it? Lifelong law livers. Lifelong law livers, lifelong law livers, lifelong law livers, lifelong boom shaka laka laka. <clears throat> they were lifelong law livers, and they were absolutely convinced it was up to them to earn their salvation, and they knew that they hadn't earned it yet. And grace scared them. If you tell people that they don't have to keep working, then you know what they'll do? 
they'll quit working. And then the whole thing will just go to hell in a handbasket. We've got to have people out there keeping on working, keeping on doing the do's, keep on not doing the don'ts, or the whole society is going to fall apart. And grace scared them, and also grace confused them. They just couldn't understand what Jesus had done for them and how much it could change their lives. So they were freaking out. <clears throat> so, um, and that's kind of where we stopped back on October the 14th. Satan given us some... Satan's uh, got a, actually a couple of big lies. The first lie is, I'm not enough and I won't be loved. Since I am not enough, I won't be loved. So I've got to keep on trying harder and doing better and trying harder because the better I do, then the more God will love me and the more everybody around me will. I'm just going to keep being nice to everybody. I'm going to keep everybody's being, being everybody's best friend. I'm going to, I'm going to be whatever it is people want me to be so that they'll like me more. I'm just I mean, living this like... Live on this little hamster wheel, boogity 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 boogity, trying to do to make things better. I am um, not enough, and I won't be loved. And so we, I, I remember asking this question on October the fourteenth: What does enough mean to you? As in, I am not enough. What does that mean? And you gave me some some nice generic answers uh, that I'm not smart enough, or I'm not. Uh, <clears throat> popular enough, or I'm not rich enough. You gave me this whole list of very generic ones, but I, I want to ask you this question. I want you to think right now, and I, I don't want anybody to blurt anything out, but I want you to think of a situation going on in your life right now. Something that you're struggling with, something that is uh, overwhelming you, something that's keeping you awake at night. And you're looking at it and you're saying, I have no idea. I'm not enough. I don't have enough of. I don't know enough of. I, <clears throat> whatever it is that it takes to conquer this thing, I am not enough. And I'm, I'm really afraid that the bottom's going to fall out or the roof is going to cave in or the bottom's going to fall out while the roof is caving in. And this situation, and I don't know what to do about it. All I know is that I am not enough. <clears throat> so, as one person who's just doing the best you can in your life, can you do enough as just a regular human person? How often do you face a situation where just feel like you're being chased by something that's going to catch up with you and you're not going to, you don't know what to do about it. All you know is that you're not enough. Are we ever really enough? Sometimes we get lucky. Sometimes we guess right. Somebody has mercy on us. We, we kind of skate through. <clears throat> but do we ever really outrun that feeling of I'm not enough? Oh my gosh, I'm not enough. I, why do I have to deal with this? I don't want to deal with this anymore. Why can't this be somebody else's job? Can you ever be enough? Bigger, the bigger lie is this. If you do better and try harder and become a lifelong law liver, then you can make yourself enough. That, well, I just got to get in there and I just got to, <clears throat> um, I don't have any choice. I've just got to grit my teeth and somehow figure this out. <clears throat> and this 
this sense of the walls closing in around us can sometimes, even if we're not conscious of it, kind of squeeze us back into being the lifelong law liver because I've, got, I've just got to make myself enough. I know I'm not enough, but I just, somehow I've got to make myself enough or everything is going to fall apart. So I've just, I've just got to do more. I've just got to try harder because I'm, I, I know I'm not enough and I don't know what to do except to try really hard to make myself enough. And, and even though I'm... Well, you remember that time when Jesus was uh, talking to this man whose son was having seizures and being thrown into the fire. And, and said, Lord, if you will, you can, if it was just your will, you could, you could save my son. And Jesus said, That's, uh, what do you mean if, I, if I'm willing? I'm, of course I'm willing. The question is, um, <clears throat> do you trust me? Do you believe? And the little, the little father said... Oh, yes, Lord, I believe, I believe, I believe. Oh, God, please help me in my unbelief because I'm not sure I believe hard enough. I'm not for sure I have enough faith. I'm not sure I have what it takes to trust you enough. Jesus healed his kid. So however much a little bit of faith that he had that he didn't think was enough, apparently it was enough for Jesus. But we all struggle with not enough, not enough. I don't, worst lie of all is this. I'm going to try harder. I'm going to become a lifelong lawliver. I'm going to make myself enough. And, if, and even if you're successful at that, then you've got two other traps. Trap number one, well, whether you're, if you're not successful with it, then you're stalked by fear. And if you are successful with it, it's like, I'm going to write a book now. I figured this out. <clears throat> Becoming a lifelong law liver, and I achieved it. 1995, you can get it off Amazon. Or you can go straight to my website, where I have 75 candid photos of me modeling the humility of what it's like <laughs> to be a, li- a successful lifelong law liver. Either way, fear of failure or pride over success is all about me. And you're still not enough. You will never be enough. So, remember that song? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. I am weak. But he is strong. Some, here's some news. Write this news down. <clears throat> this is Second uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 12, starting in verse 7. <clears throat> and Paul was getting puffed up because he just had a big triumph in his life. And he'd, given, he'd been given some visions. So because of the surpassing greatness of the things that God had showed me, for this reason, to keep me from being prideful and puffed up, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan. I don't have time to talk about this. But this word messenger is the same word that gets translated angel. And I, um, that we don't want to get off on that. <coughs> but, but God apparently allowed something to come into to, uh, Paul's life uh, to sort of deliver him from this risk of becoming a lifelong law liver again. <clears throat> because uh, concerning this, I implored the Lord, begged the Lord three times that it would stop. He doesn't say what the torment was. 
But I said, I asked God three times, please make this stop, God. Please, in the name of Jesus, please make this stop. And standing on the word and the name of Jesus, make this stop, make this stop. Three times he did that. And God said to him, No. No. I don't want you to fall in love with your ability to get me to make stuff happen in your life. I don't want you to work under the delusion that you have any power over anything. My grace is enough for you. Power, parentheses, my power, is only completely expressed in weakness. Your weakness. This word in Greek, asthenes, means the inability to produce results. Weakness simply means the inability to produce the results that you feel like you need to survive or to be successful. But because you're not enough, it never happens. Because you're not, you know why you're not enough? Here's, whew, it's a big secret. I'm, a, I'm revealing you a big secret here. I don't want you to go out and just tell everybody about this. It'll hurt their feelings. Here's a big secret. You know why you're not enough? What? That's close. You're pretty close. <clears throat> you're on the right track. You know why you're not enough? But, and you know why you're not. You know why you're not enough? Because God, because God made us to be not enough. God made us to be weak. It's not our fault. It's like, oh God, I've failed you. I'm so weak. God said, I know. I know. Boy, you're right about that. Amen. Preach it. That's the way I made you. I made you to be not enough. You know why I made you to be not enough? Because I want you to see my glory in your life. I want you to see my power in your life. I want you to rely on me. I want you to draw near to me. I want you to listen to me. I want you to receive from me. <clears throat> my grace isn't enough for you. My power is going to be perfected when you're feeling weak. And so all of a sudden this big light bulb, a little cartoon light bulb goes on over Paul's head. Boing! <clears throat> Most gladly, therefore, I'm going to start boasting about my weaknesses. Not, I'm not going to boast about these revelations I had anymore. Forget about those revelations that I had when I was in some sort of, when I got slain in the spirit and I was taken up into the presence of God in the third heaven. Just forget all that stuff. I don't even want to talk about that revelation anymore. You, want to, you, know, you know what I want to tell you about? I want to tell you about my weaknesses. I want to tell you about all the times I messed up. I want to tell you about all the times I was feeling like a failure. I, was going to I want to tell you about all the times I was feeling afraid. I want to tell you about all the times when I completely missed God. I want to tell you all about that because... I'd rather boast about my weaknesses because it's only when I am painfully aware of my weaknesses that the power of Christ may fully dwell and be expressed in me. Therefore, oh, I love this. Let's read this together, verse 10. Therefore, I am well content 
with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then the strength that I need is released in my life as I turn my eyes on Jesus and stop trying to figure out how to fix stuff myself and trust in the faithfulness and the power of God. And I've been preaching this for I don't know how many years. And you know, I need to be reminded of this five or ten or twenty times a day. And because our initial, we are programmed that when we're facing a challenge, we are programmed to initially go, ah! Oh, no. My life was going along just fine. It was all smooth. I had everything just the way I liked it. Now what am I going to do? Tell you what you're going to do. You're going to trust Jesus. Because how strong are you? Not. Were you designed to be strong? No. Did God make you to be not enough? Yes. Don't look shocked when you're facing stuff and you're thinking, oh, I'm not enough for this. I'm not enough for this. God's going, dad gum straight. You're exactly, absolutely, you are not enough because this is me. This is my job. It's not your job. Trust in me. Turn your eyes upon me. Yield to me. Cast your cares on me because I care for you. You act like I don't care for you. You act like nobody cares for you. Cast your cares upon me. My grace will always be enough for you and my power will reach its fullest, most perfect expression when you are in the middle of feeling not enough. Continue always in my grace because my grace is sufficient for you. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we apologize to you, Lord, for how often we forget this every day. How many times we forget this every day. Jesus Christ, Son of David, have mercy on us. But Lord, thank you Thank you, thank you that we are not alone. You always go before us and you never leave us. Now I want you, right now, before we come out of this prayer, I want you to think of at least one situation that's dragging you down right now and where you know you are not enough. And I want you to pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for making me to be not enough. Yeah, say that again. Lord Jesus, thank you for making me to be not enough. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving me the grace to trust you. 
thank you, God, that you are always enough. Amen.